Hi, I'm Ross Greenwood, and these are the Money Minutes. Today, the sad state of the aviation industry. Virgin cuts 3,000 jobs. But how is Qantas faring? It says it's okay, but could it ever imagine going to the government for help? Great to have your company today. I want to take you to the aviation industry, and obviously the headlines today are about what's called Virgin 3.0. Now, Virgin Australia, now in the hands of private equity, so this is Bain Capital, the new owners. Uh, Now, they're calling it the 2.0 plan. It's actually the 3.0 plan, in my opinion. But anyway, it means that from 9,000 people who currently work at Virgin Australia, there'll be 3,000 job cuts. So a third of the workforce goes. Paul Scurra is the chief executive there. He's trying to keep it alive. Now, when Virgin went into voluntary administration, of course, a lot was said at the time about the government not providing help, assistance, as it were. The Queensland government at one stage said it to guarantee uh, Virgin's head office in Queensland uh, would provide some support if the federal government came along. The federal government did not come along. And as I pointed out on this podcast, the federal government should not have come along uh, because Virgin Australia had as major shareholders and potential backers airlines that were owned by foreign governments. It just made no sense whatsoever. Now, apart from the fact that much is being made today about employees, the 3,000 who leave the airline, if they've been there for two years, they'll get a special uh, signed photograph of uh, Sir Richard Branson and the Chief Executive Paul Scarra, which I suggest in this time when a lot of people are going to struggle to get jobs is probably some small cold comfort for having lost your job. The second part about this is the Tiger Air is also going to disappear as uh, a discount carrier, which leaves pretty much the field open to Jetstar, owned by Qantas. So that's a bit of the start of what's taking place. There's a change in terms of the air, aircraft configuration, all the Boeing 777s, the A330s, the Airbuses, and the Airbus A320s are going to go from the fleet. They're still going to offer a business class or, you know, if you like, a premium class um, and a basic class. But one of the real issues of Virgin for a long time has been the fact that they've sort of been wedged between Qantas, a full-service domestic airline, and also with Tiger being introduced to try and offset Jetstar, which is the discount cheap holiday family type of airline. So that's the reason why Virgin, to a certain extent, is being wedged. The interesting part about this is really just going back to when Virgin Australia announced it was going into voluntary administration, that Paul Scurra spoke with the ABC at that stage about the prospect of job cuts, which have been announced today. Here's just a little of what Paul Scurra said then. No one saw coronavirus coming. We couldn't have given a guarantee on jobs uh, before that. Uh, And we've had to, unfortunately, uh, make uh, over a 1,000 people redundant because of the coronavirus event. No one can give those sorts of assurances. What I can say is that the plan going into this event uh, was working. It was a good plan. We know we had a great airline. We know we outperformed our competitor on many fronts. Reliability, on-time running, customer service and a much better culture. They're worth preserving. We knew we had to make our balance sheet fitter going into this and that plan was working. We didn't end up here because of trading. We ended up here because of our oxygen supply, our $6 billion per annum revenue stream being cut off and that created this crisis that we're now in. So you can't give any guarantees. So no guarantees and that was always pretty much the case but then you've got to go through to 
Qantas itself. What is the future of Qantas? Well, just a few little bits and pieces here. The airline industry, you can see, just simply by the consumption of fuel, has absolutely been hammered. I mean, unmercifully hammered by coronavirus and by the lockdowns. So, say, for example, even today, I was talking with somebody who was out of the travel insurance industry and just saying, how does a person ever travel into the future? Given the fact you won't be able to be covered for coronavirus if you travel overseas. And then think also about the fact that if you did go overseas and you took the risk, if you got coronavirus, can you imagine a foreign health system, a foreign government, being happy to put you on a ventilator, given the fact you have knowingly, knowingly put yourself there. And also, if you found yourself, say, for example, God forbid, in America, and the price of it was $30,000 a day and your health insurance company didn't cover you because it will be, quite clearly, an exclusion into the future, well, that's one reason why international travel is not on the agenda for a very long time. So let's go back to just a few fuel statistics. So picking up these out of the Australian petroleum statistics, the latest numbers go to the end of May. And what they basically show is that for um, the domestic and international, this is turbine fuel, aviation turbine fuel. In May, there was 186.5 million litres of fuel used. But if I go back to May in 2019, there was a total of 761 million litres used. So from 761 million litres used a year ago, same month, 186 million litres used this year. Really the impact in particular on the domestic aviation has been pronounced. 292 million litres was consumed in May last year. This year, 68 million litres. And internationally, because obviously more fuel is burnt when you're on those long-haul flights, it was... This time last year, 469 million litres for May 2019. This year, 118 million litres. So that sort of tells you, if you like, the plight of where the airlines are right now. The second part about this is, given the Victorian lockdown and given the fact that the Sydney-Melbourne route is said to be one of the busiest airline routes in the world, and clearly, if Australia is prospering and people are flying, then Qantas and its profits are flying as well. So let's just go to a little of what the Qantas boss, Alan Joyce, had to say just only a little while ago about coming into this coronavirus era and the state of Qantas and its ability to cope. Here's Alan Joyce. Well, we're, we're absolutely uh, tr- making sure that we can survive. The government is talking about this lasting at least six months. Uh, we're one of the strongest airlines on the globe coming into this. We've been making significant profits for the last five or six years. We've built up a good reserve of cash. We've built up a large number of aircraft, $4.9 billion worth that we can sh- secure financing on. So we've got plenty of bandwidth to last a very, very long time. So what Alan Joyce says there is sort of echoed a little bit by Moody's, the credit ratings agency. Moody's on the 11th of July this year said, we do not expect global air passenger demand to recover fully until 2023, but we do expect Qantas's earnings and credit quality to recover sooner than many of its global peers. Now that was Ian Chidera, the Moody's vice president, which echoes what Alan Joyce is saying there. But he also says that flying is the only viable means of transport between 
geographically distant cities in Australia, and with the country's success in controlling the coronavirus outbreak, we're now starting to see restrictions eased. Remember that that was on June 11. That's not today. That's not after the Victorian situation, which is clearly right now, as we can see, deteriorating and not improving rapidly. So the presumption of Ian Chitterer at Moody's and of Qantas is that we were going to see opening of borders and recovery. Instead, what we're seeing is increasing isolation of the various states with Queensland closing down its borders to people from New South Wales and Victoria and New South Wales also now being increasingly closed down to movement across those borders. So it really is a situation whereby the airlines are going to be under increasing pressure. Already Qantas has had to lay off its own workers who have been put on the JobKeeper program, and that is not turning around anytime soon. Just one other note from Ian Chitterer from Moody's. The resumption of quarantine-free flights between Australia and New Zealand, possibly from September, could also support a recovery, while Qantas's only domestic competitor, Virgin Australia, entered voluntary administration in April. Well, the fact is, it's now coming out of that voluntary administration um, under Bain and company. Now, as I say, it really is one point whereby Qantas right now will be burning cash. In fact, it'll be burning cash more quickly than aviation fuel right now. And so with Virgin saying it will chop some 3,000 of its 9,000 strong um, workforce and also have significant changes in not only its routes but the way in which it will operate, uh, it does raise questions just about the state of Qantas. Now, of course, Qantas was highly vocal about the federal government, correctly as I say, not supporting Virgin Australia as it was entering voluntary administration. And here's just a little of what Alan Joyce, the chief executive of Qantas, said at that time about his opposition to any suggestion that Virgin should get support. Well, that would be completely unfair to our sector of, of the economy. It would mean that we were competing against the Australian government and Qantas couldn't, couldn't do that. That would be a completely mm. unbalanced competitive environment. It has to be equal for all parts of the aviation sector and has to treat the aviation sector the exact same. So you would not want to see from here a deterioration in Qantas's balance sheet. It's a reason why the statements from the airline and what it says at its profit when it comes out in the next few weeks is going to be absolutely critical because the very last thing that Qantas can now do is turn back to the government and ask for some sort of a hand up or a leg up. It just can't do that. Now, the plight of airlines can also be seen by Sir Richard Branson's Virgin Atlantic Airways filing for bankruptcy in the US. And this is a $1.5 billion rescue package to try and keep the airline solvent through the pandemic. But the fact of the matter is, by entering a, a Chapter 15 US bankruptcy arrangement, it basically means that there is almost like a US-style insolvency procedure that goes over Virgin Atlantic. It's not going to be the, the last airline that's going to you know, go through this. There's going to be a whole bunch of others. So just watch this, because... My gut feel is that none of us are going to be flying away anytime soon. Certainly not until 2023. Certainly not until we can organise to get some travel insurance that will actually 
work for us and protect us if we go overseas. So the idea is right now that we won't be, well, flying away. Just on the subject of, well, coronavirus, the new world we live in. It's fascinating to watch Disney announcing that its movie, Mulan, will not go into theatres as expected. Instead, the live-action remake of Mulan uh, is going to premiere on Disney+, Plus, its streaming service. The Northern Invaders will kill her. If I expose her, our own people will kill her. When we take the Imperial City, I will take revenge for my father. What is your name, soldier? Hua Jun, Commander, son of Hua Zhou. You will now take the oath of the warrior. Loyal. Brave. True. Now, what's happened with Disney Plus is because of coronavirus, people staying at home, the number of subscribers has gone through the roof, up to 60 and a half million. But unlike, say, for example, the other content on Disney Plus that you can well, download as part of your subscription fee, what they're going to do is that they're going to make people in the United States and in Australia as well pay $29.99 to rent the movie. That's on top of what you would already pay in your subscription fee to get Disney Plus. So... In areas where Disney Plus, however, is not available to consumers, which is not Australia, it's available here, of course, Mulan will play in the cinemas. It's a really fascinating thing, this. So let's pick up here Bob Chapek, the chief executive of Disney, uh, just explaining this strategy and why they think people will pay for Mulan on top of paying for that streaming service. Unfortunately, we've had to delay the release of Disney's highly anticipated tentpole film, Mulan a number of times due to the impact of COVID on theaters. In order to meet the needs of consumers during this unpredictable period, we thought it was important to find alternative ways to bring this exceptional family-friendly film to them in a timely manner. We are announcing today that in most Disney Plus markets, including the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and a number of countries in Western Europe, we will be offering Disney Plus subscribers the epic adventure Mulan on Disney Plus on a premier access basis beginning September 4th. The price point will be $29.99 in the U.S. and will vary slightly in other countries. So the funny thing about this is I've, well, I must admit, I'll be really honest and say that if there's ever a big fall in Disney's share price, I will buy some. And the reason is I think they are the complete media company today. They make money, which Netflix doesn't. They own so much content. It doesn't matter whether it's the Marvel comic series, whether it's Star Wars, whether it's uh, Toy Stories, uh, whether it's now all the Fox content that they've bought, having bought the Murdochs out. And then if you think about then they can monetize any new product they've got by setting it up in their Disneylands, their theme parks around the world when people go back to those. And then they've got Disney+. Plus. 
So I, I think that Disney is one of the most interesting companies. This is an experiment about whether in the future this is about the death of the cinema. If we can't go there, but we can watch it in our homes, and we're doing so quite clearly during this coronavirus lockdown period, the fact is our consumption of content is going through the roof. So that's it for the Money Minutes for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave your comments um, either on the Apple iTunes store or on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you find us. We'd love to hear from you. Any comments, we'll be back and do it tomorrow. I'm Ross Greenwood and these are the Money Minutes. I-